You are listening to the Focus on You podcast with me, your host and photography coach bestie, Sherry Brown. This is a safe space where we talk about everything photography, but also deep diving into the photographer's mindset blocks and developing your true skills that shine with tons of self-worth, confidence and authenticity in your business. I believe this journey has so many possibilities when we fuel our soul with creativity and passion that allow us to create a life we've always dreamed of. So sit back and grab a beverage while we focus on you. Welcome back to the podcast today. I'm excited because this is totally my niche and it's all wedding photography. I have been waiting to talk about this for a while. Episode 12 and I'm now getting into all of the good stuff. So if you are a wedding photographer or if you uh, want to be a wedding photographer, this might be the episode for you because there is so much that I've learned over the past six years. It has been a roller coaster of emotions. It's been connecting with different types of personalities, um, ones I didn't like so much and ones that I knew that I really loved. But there's so many mistakes that I made along the way. And I really want to go into that because I feel like if you're going into the world of wedding photography, there are things that maybe can help you right now before you step into that. Or maybe you're already in it, but you didn't realize that you were making these mistakes. So we're going to talk about mistakes that most wedding photographers make when they first start and things that I've made, mistakes that I've made along the way. So number one, let's dive right into it. Number one is communication with your couples. If you're not communicating effectively, then you're not doing it right. It is the key in wedding photography. It is like the foundation. It is everything. Um, Not discussing their preferences, their expectations, specific requirements beforehand can lead in like missed shots, miscommunication, disappointed clients. So it's really important to have thorough consultations with your couple to understand their vision and plan that accordingly. So relationships, of course, are something that we we need as human beings. We need that connection, you know. So if you're not speaking to your clients and asking them what they need, then you're you're just doing it for yourself. Basically, we're being selfish, and we can't be selfish in this industry because if we are it'll lead to poor reviews. It'll lead to um, the wrong types of clients. So for me, it's really about nurturing them and nurturing that relationship with them. I will often have calls with them before I even book them. I'm talking to them online. I'm talking to them in my captions. I'm talking to them in my bio on my website. I'm telling them exactly what I'm about, exactly how I can help them. Because at the end of the day, sure, you can talk about yourself all you want and how much you love wedding photography. But if you're not saying how you can help them, you know, solve their problem, they're not going to trust you. And that is the key. It's trust. If they don't trust you, they're going to come up with a book full of reasons why they didn't like you in the first place and what their experience was like. 
I used to show up at a wedding and not really knew know who my couple was. There was this one time I was second shooting for someone and she fell sick. I had to jump in. I knew nothing about this couple. And let me tell you, it changed the energy of myself in my my mind. I was like, I don't know if I can do this today because I don't know anything about them. I'm just working on a whim here. I'm trying to maneuver around the day. I'm trying to get the best shots in the story that I don't even know anything about. So really it's about communication and listening to the story of your couple, listening to their needs and wants. And, you know, maybe it's something to do with, um, you know, how awkward they are in front of the camera and like really relaxing them through their process. Because if you tell them all the things that you can do for them, they're going to likely feel more comfortable going into like an engagement session and then going into the wedding day because they feel like they already know you. So communication, communication, communication. I can say that over and over and over and over again. Next thing is not capturing those candid moments at a wedding. And, you know, when I go into a wedding, I basically want to be a fly on the wall, except for certain situations. Like if I'm shooting family portraits, if I'm going into more um, wedding party and couples portraits, I might be posing a little bit more. But for the most part, I'm trying to capture everything around me as it happens in real time. I'm trying to get those raw emotions because when they look back at these galleries, they're going to know, oh my gosh, I missed this moment. And they're going to feel like, they're there all over again, you know? So it's really important to like capture those moments and not get stuck in that mode of, you know, controlling all of your shots, controlling all of your photographs, because you've gone into it with this idea of, I want to do this trend and that trend. And, you know, I I need to do this pose and this Pinterest pose and blah, blah, blah. And it's really going to put you through like more of a stressful situation and your client's more of an into a stressful situation if you're constantly trying to achieve something that might be unachievable so really just living in the moment there's so much power to just that because you can capture so much beauty and just being there just being a fly on the wall predicting things as they happen maybe they're putting the rings on their fingers and for me it's always that situation where they're trying to put a ring on the finger and they start laughing because they can't get it on I know these moments that are coming up right so it's like really understanding psychologically what people are going to do predicting what they're going to do you know during speeches um, during the ceremony during the getting ready moments, like you're setting it up so that you can predict, oh my gosh, this is going to be an incredible shot, but also living in the moments that are not predictable, just the simple moments, the moments that don't require any kind of posing or prompting or guidance or preparation for, because those are the ones that they're going to fall in love with. Okay. My next one, my third one is overlooking all the details. Now, weddings are filled with intricate details such as decor flowers rings attire and they're really important to the couple and overlooking all those details and not capturing them can disappoint them so you really want to plan and arrange these things so showing up like 30 minutes ahead of schedule just to sort these out you know just to arrange them the way that these details are are going to really showcase in their gallery as an opening cover because the first things they're going to look at are those details and then they're going to go into the the rest of the day 
So creating those moments with all those details, you know, um, don't miss out on the key moments, key moments being, you know, the, the first kiss. And I mean, there was one time where I missed the first kiss and it was really embarrassing, but guess what? I, I just put it out there and I said, Hey guys, can you do it again? And they did it. And you know, everybody laughed about it. It was fine, but I would rather have had that than have missed it altogether. But then there's the details of what they've been thinking about the whole time, the year of planning, you know, maybe they've created a mood board, like a whole color palette of things, all the decor they've spent money on and the floral and the dress and the veil and the intricate details and that, you know, their shoes and the rings and all of those things really matter. So like, don't be afraid to like move yourself around to capture those little details throughout the day. Even if it's just not in the beginning of the day, when you're laying it all out in like, you know, a flat lay, you're doing this all day. You're keeping this in mind that they put all their time and energy into these things. Number four, and I cannot stress this one enough. It is not managing your time effectively. And weddings are typically tightly scheduled. You're constantly running around. And if you're not managing your time properly, you can result in missed shots and delays. And the last thing you want is your couple or your bride or whoever to say to you, we're getting late. We're getting late and getting flustered and, you know, really stressed out. And so it's really crucial that for us wedding photographers, we need to create a timeline. We need to be organized. We need to be on time. We need to stick to the schedule. We need to be constantly on high alert as to when those key moments are happening, where everybody needs to be and when. We're basically taking control of that situation. And if we're not taking control, they're not looking to us for guidance anymore. They're saying, I don't trust this girl. Let's get somebody else on this. You know, so really you don't want to look you know, incompatible. You want to look like you know what you're doing and you have their best interest for that day. So creating a timeline is something that I always do with my couples, um, you know, a few months ahead, preferably before my busy season hits, because then I can sit down and really focus on them and what their needs and wants are and what kind of events are happening in the day, because every timeline is different. Sometimes they have a first look, sometimes they don't. You know, sometimes the ceremony might be longer than sometimes maybe they're getting ready really far away and you need to plan for that time, you know, and maybe they have a really long family shot list and you need to plan for that. Like having your shot list ready, having people there when they need to be telling the efficient to, to announce like all family members be here at this time. You know, it's a lot of organization, but it is so rewarding when you can go into it with that, that mindset of like, it's going to happen so smoothly that the day is going to feel like a breeze. Next one is not having appropriate backup gear. Now, oh my God, like if you're going to a wedding with one body, just think about this. What could happen if your camera shuts down? Because it's happened. My camera shut down at a wedding before. I'm lucky enough that I have another body. Always have a backup camera. Always, always, always. And always have two memory card slots because your memory cards are not bionic. They can definitely fail. They can go corrupt. And you're stressing yourself out because that is one day that they won't get back. And if you lose their photos, guys, this is something that's going to 
follow you. And you don't want that bad reputation of that photographer that lost the wedding photos of this person's day. Like there is nothing worse than that. And that is my biggest fear. I go to bed at night with nightmares thinking, oh, I don't, I hope I have everything ready. And then the day of I'm, I'm having nightmares. I'm like, make sure you triple check, you know, quadruple check. Do you have enough batteries? Do you have enough memory cards? Do you have, they're all formatted. Do you have your, your cameras are working. Like I'm checking these things constantly because I know that it is such a big deal. And if you don't have that backup camera and you don't have those backup memory cards, then eventually something could happen. And it's something that you do not want to risk doing. Invest in those things. And I know that, you know, coming into this line of work can be expensive, but it is so, so important. Now, one of the myths I think is like having so many lenses. You don't need to have so many lenses. I feel like I use one lens 99% of the day, one lens, and that's my 35 millimeter. And then maybe I'll pull out my 85 millimeter later during the reception so I can stand far away from people, you know, and get their reactions. But for the most part, I'm, I'm just using one lens. So really, that's not a big priority. The biggest priority is not losing your client's photos and not getting any missed shots, you know, having memory cards that are fast enough for your shoots because you're constantly clicking a button as as they're walking down the aisle, you know, as they're doing the first kiss, uh, as they're walking and moving, you're constantly getting shots. So having fast memory cards that really like prevent you from getting those missed shots, not getting those shots, that's hugely, hugely important. Number six is not directing your couples and not guiding them through those shots because if you're not providing the direction and the posing guidance they're gonna feel on they're gonna feel awkward they're gonna have unflattering poses they're gonna can't I can't wait to have this be done with because this is just the worst experience and you really don't want that to happen so we need to have that personal we need to have good interpersonal skills we need to be able to effectively direct or impose our couples and capture them at their best while maintaining a natural and authentic look. So posing is great, but prompting, hugely valuable. And I have a course called the Authentic Posing Course, which I am launching here. And it I'm going to put the link here for you. If you are on this podcast, this is one for you. If you are looking for more guidance into a smooth prompting workflow, um, getting your couples comfortable in front of the camera, guiding them, not getting stuck and blank in those moments of posing and prompting, getting those authentic images. Really, it's about human psychology and also body parts. What do you do with those body parts? What are your connection pieces? How do you angle your, your, your couple to make them the most flattering? So link is in there, guys. So then we go on to you know, not backing up your, your images. And again, that goes with losing and losing your photos. If you don't have the appropriate gear and, and memory cards, but if you're not backing up your photos, you could lose them again. So this is devastating for couples if they can't get their photos back because you've lost them. So backing up on the cloud, backing up on multiple hard drives, um, you know, putting it on your fastest drive on your computer so that you have them in multiple places so that if you know god forbid some a fire happens in your house or something like that and your your laptop is destroyed or it crashes you have them on the cloud you have them on your ss your you know your hard drives you have them 
in multiple places. Some people, what they do is, I don't agree with this, is they will keep them on the memory cards forever <laughs> and then they'll go buy new memory cards. But that is not necessary. Memory cards are expensive. If you're backing it up in multiple places, you should be okay. But double check that you have backed up every single image off those memory cards because sometimes the memory cards can go into two different folders. And if you're missing the last part of the day, you could potentially have missed the last dance. You could have missed certain key moments, you know? So that's really, really, really important. And I'm going to do one last one because I think that this one is so important. It is not really understanding who your ideal clients are, not pricing yourself according to that. Now, getting into the wedding industry, of course, you're going to charge lower because you're not experienced yet. You might maybe have done a few second shooter jobs, but if you're not up-leveling into um, your craft, if you're not constantly learning and growing um, into your craft, you're going to find yourself stuck in a place where you're attracting the same type of clients, you're, you're pricing yourself low. So really getting that education into weddings and how to really up level it is going to change the game for you. I started off in my first wedding. It was a pretty decent price. I think it was $1,500 and it was great. I was so nervous though. And I, I wasn't fully prepared for it, but I, it turned out great. I just found that as I moved along and I learned more, I was learning that I could make this job so much easier on myself by doing all these things like talking to my clients, communicating with them, setting up guides, giving them knowledge, talking to my clients online, only posting what I wanted to attract, pricing myself the way that I knew that I deserved in that. Because there is kind of a thing where people say, I'm not going to spend, you know, a small amount of money on somebody and then trust them. So it's like, I had this one moment where a bride looked at my work. She loved it, gave her my price. And she basically told somebody, she's like, why is she so low? Is there something wrong with her? So as you develop your skills, you're going to develop your pricing. You're going to increase it and you're going to give more value. Value comes with time, knowledge, experience. It's just something that you have to give yourself grace with. It's not something that happens overnight. And it's just a process of learning one, who you are. And number two, learning who your ideal client is and what they need. So that is the episode for today. It was a quick one. And I hope that you guys took something away from this. There is so much knowledge in wedding photography. There's so much I did not dive into today. But if you're interested in hearing more, visit my coaching page on Instagram. I also have coaching programs coming up on wedding photography. And don't forget to sign up for the authentic posing course, which is linked below. So hope you guys have an awesome day and please leave a comment or send me a message. Share this podcast with your friends if they are in the photography world and they're just looking for that guidance through this journey. See you next time where we'll focus on you.